Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this episode of Tree Talk. It's episode 226 with myself, Jack Neville, and Matt O'Callaghan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star. We'll have a special guest, Gart Noonan, joining us from the start as we go through the football at the moment. There's plenty of hurling, camogie, ladies' football, and a lot of other miscellaneous to get through. So stay tuned for all that and more. Impression again, we get all of what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, it's Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the Sunday game. Let me find out there from the world court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Symphony in this game for anybody. Joining us this morning, Matt, is Garrett Noonan from Broadford and Limerick. Give so much service to both his club and county over the years. Garrett, how are you keeping this morning? Good, Jack. How are things? Good, good. How, how are you, Garrett? Good, Matt. No fear, no. Uh, thanks a million for coming on and joining us this morning. A really illustrious career between club and county. We'll start with the with the county, and you played for Limerick for, I, I suppose, about fifteen or sixteen years overall. What was your overriding experience of, of representing your county? Um, sure, it, it's it's brilliant, Jack. It's 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 great to get the opportunity to compete at that level, um, and I suppose to challenge yourself to be the best that you can be. Um, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think my first year on the panel was 2006. Um, and I was there with Mickey Ned O'Sullivan, John Bruder, Billy Lee, um, but all brilliant people to be involved with. Um, you learn so much along the way. Um, but yeah, really, really enjoyable experience. I enjoyed every minute of it. And I suppose at the time, it's kind of hard to enjoy it because it kind of consumes you and you're so, you're so kind of, I suppose, caught up in the day-to-day running of everything. And you go from training session to training session, game to game. Um, and it's kind of hard to, I suppose, step back and kind of really fully appreciate um, what it's all about. It's only when it's over that you kind of look back and you say, yeah, that was that was brilliant. And I totally enjoyed that. Yeah, and I, I suppose we'll get into the current situation in a minute, but you can probably relate to where the boys are at the moment after experience relegation, following, you know, ups and downs that, you know, you played in Division One and Two, and I've played in Division Three and Four as well. That it was a, a roller coaster time. Your fifteen years in the panel. Yeah, like I suppose when I started out, we were in Division One and we were competing with the likes of Cork and Kerry, Tyrone, Dublin, and Donegal, those teams. And then um, I suppose we we experienced the, the the other side of the coin as well, where where we um, played a lot of Division Four football for a while, um, and it was about rebuilding then at that stage and trying to get back up. Um, out of those divisions and um, which was which wasn't easy um and there was i suppose during all that time then there was a transition of of, of players and a turnover of players um which made it um, all the more difficult but um yeah like I, it, it's it, it takes it takes quite a while for for the thing to kind of to come back around again and it takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment from from people from everybody to to buy into it and to get back to to get back to the, the top level again, you know, um, and I suppose that's kind of the trajectory the team has been on for the last number of years is trying to get back to, to competing at the top level. 
And if you were to give some advice from your experience of, you know, climbing up, up the ladder, what would it be? Is it kind of just patience and, and trust in what you're doing? It is, yeah, both of those, but I, I think it's commitment. Um, it, like, I suppose the, the, one, the one thing that has to be there is you have to be committed to it. You have to be committed to every aspect of it. It's not just about turning up for training on a Tuesday or Thursday night. Um, it's everything that goes with it, both off the field, your, your, your diet, your nutrition, um, your sleep patterns. Um, and I suppose everything revolves around that. And, and that's what I would have found over the years, like that you just get into, um, you get into I suppose, um, a routine of, of doing all those things and, and doing things correctly um, because it's part and parcel and what, it's what comes with, with inter-county um, commitment. And, and that's what's required, you know, but that would be the one, the one bit of advice I would give. It's you have to be committed to it. Yeah, and you've obviously seen a share of the games this year, you know, results aside, it, results are, are pretty negative. Was there anything you saw, you know, improvements in the side or positives that they can take into the Munster Championship? Yeah, I suppose, look, it, it, Division 2 was always going to be a very, very difficult place to be. Um, with it, I suppose with the team going in, they were going to be competing with, with teams, that the top the top teams in the country. Um, it was going to be, it was always going to be a difficult place to be. Then you had a new management team coming in place. They were trying to find their feet, get to know players, etc. So you had that added difficulty um, thrown into the mix as well. So um, it was always going to be a, a tough task um, for the lads. But I've seen a couple of the games. Um, I was in Innes last Sunday. Um, the second half was encouraging enough in spells. Um, first half, um, struggled maybe, and I suppose look, you you have to you have to bear in mind as well that it was it was a game I suppose that that was um, a dead rubber as such for for both teams, you know. So you have to bear that in mind as well. But um, look, there's new lads on the panel. Um, they're in there looking to take their their opportunity. Um, so look, like I would see that as a, as an encouragement. Um, it's good. It's good to see those new faces, lads eager to play for the county. Um, so it, it's good to see that. Yeah. So, like, look, fingers crossed for the Munster Championship that they can um, they can uh, knuckle down, put in a couple of good weeks' work now, and um, be ready for for the the, the Munster semi final when it comes around at the end of April. Yeah, they're going to be playing either our Clare Cork, a team that would be coming off the back of a win, and for Limerick now it's probably trying to build up some momentum, maybe in challenge games and in training, but. How difficult is it to gather that momentum? Because we saw for the last two or four years, they just seem to be on a high and going up and up and up. So when you're faced with, you know, that downwards, like how do you regroup? Yeah, I suppose it's difficult now coming off of the back of a, a league campaign like what they've had. Um, they kind of, I suppose, look, they may take a couple of days off uh, this week to kind of regroup, gather their thoughts and, and get back to training again, maybe this weekend or, or next week, whenever the case is. Um, but I suppose the first, the first thing they have to do is just make sure that they're, they're a united group, that they're going to put the head down, work hard together, um, stick together and, um, and see where that takes them. That's all they can do, really. Um, they have to take the learnings, I suppose, out of the last couple of weeks. Um, there's been some very, very harsh learnings in it for them. Um, but look, it's all about, I suppose, building their character. It's going to, um, it's going to add to that. Um, so I suppose in, in terms of that, yeah, that's, that's really all they can do is, is just knuckle down and stick together, work hard for the next couple of weeks, concentrate on themselves um, and be ready for, for the 22nd or 23rd of April, whenever it is. And th this group has shown, and you were part of it in 2019, with that win over Tipperary, that they, they can just pull it out, out of nowhere. And that will be the hope because they, they won't be given much of a chance against either Clare or Cork. But they have shown this same group that they, they can come from nowhere and put out a result like they did in Turles in 19. 
Yeah, look, and there's, there's always a chance. There's always the opportunity, and um, provided the team are, are are together and they're working hard, um, and that's all that really matters is is the lads that are inside the, the four walls of the dressing room and, and the management team with them. That if they're if they're committed to it, then anything is possible. Yeah, and I I must ask you about Billy because obviously you said you had a share of managers. Billy was was the man you, you finished up with, and I suppose his role in in helping Limerick to get from Division Four up to Division Two. How how important was Billy to the overall thing? Yeah, like he look, he was he was a, a magnificent manager for Limerick for the last number of years. Um, he was he was not just a manager to the, to, to the to the team. Like he was he was almost like a father figure to lads. Um, he knew he knew when I suppose to put the arm around the shoulder of a lad or when when to when to tell a lad that he needs to he needs to drive on and work harder. You know, um, a, a very good judge of character. Um, but it was absolutely brilliant for the team um, had a great management team around him, built a great management team around him. I suppose it didn't just happen overnight. There was a lot of work put into it. Um, he built that management team around him. He built the, the, the group of players around him. Um, but I suppose the, the one thing I would say about him then as well is he, he always said Limerick football at heart, you know, and it was never about Billy Lee. It was never about any individual. It was all about building a team that was going to be able to sustain um, uh, the the competitions um and i suppose be get the most out of lads you know so that's that's kind of he was he was brilliant at that um and i suppose he knew limerick football he knew the players um so he was yeah he was he was absolutely brilliant brilliant man to be involved with yeah and you, you mentioned about player, people giving back i suppose there's a group of players that are around the, the same time as you maybe a bit before the, the likes of Parran and, and andy lane stephen levin these lads that you know, have Limerick football at heart and they're giving back. And you are starting to see the rewards at underage levels and, and slowly coming through. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, I know all those lads are involved in the academy. They're putting in magnificent work there. Um, but that takes a while. That takes a while. And then I suppose you have, the, you have to be able to transition that from the academy into adult level football. So that's, that's probably also a challenge at the moment, you know, that the, once the lads come through the academy, that they can then transition from that into, into adult level football. Um, and that the, the resources and the, um, and the supports are there for those lads to get them through and to be able to, um, to be ready to be able to compete at the highest level. That transition there, I, I just Googled her name the other day just to see was there anything I missed. And I saw a story from Grod Hegarty about being in the gym and it was one of his first times with you. And he said that you were benching, I think it was 25 reps for three quarters of your body weight. And, and he said that he was nowhere near it and it was just an eye opening. That how difficult is it to go from under 20s as it is now into senior setup yeah like it, it's it's very very difficult like um you're, you're going into a senior setup you're you're coming up against lads that have maybe four or five six years of county experience under their belt and four or five six years of snc conditioning under their belt you know so they're going to be an awful lot further down the track um in comparison to an under 20 um lad coming into the squad for his first time um, and that's not easy. Like you, you, you don't get into that. Um, you don't get into that team straight away, um, unless you're exceptional, obviously. Um, but like by and large, those lads have to kind of they bide their time, um, put in the work, put in the S and C work, and and be ready, be physically ready then to be able to compete at at, at senior level. And would you open Shegarty now, seeing as what he's done since then? No, I think I, I think the roles <laughs> have been reversed now somehow. And just talking about Garod, and there's obviously the, the likes of William Dunn who have represented Limerick underage. Is there a small what if, you know, that if those lads had stuck with the big ball? And obviously, it's very difficult for, you know, a senior hurling and senior football team to go as it is. And Limerick are on the crest of wave in hurling. But is there a small tinge of 
I wonder if them lads had stayed with the football. Ah, yeah, sure. Look, like you can't, um, you can't but think that. Like you know, um, I think back to the Munster final last year um, in Killarney, and you'd be thinking, what if, what if we had Garrod? What if we had a couple of more with a couple of more with him? You know, would it have made a difference? Um, and it, it, I suppose it's on occasions like that that you'd always think that if you had one or two more, if you had one or two extra, would it make the difference on the day? Um, but yeah, of course you do. Of course, you, of course, you'd love to have the the best players. Um, available to you going out on any given day, um, but that's just just a, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, Matt, I'll throw it over to you there because I'm keen to hear about your take on drum in in the early nineties and, and their dominance. Yeah, I suppose Gareth, um, we all we all know what has happened since the breakthrough, but I I, I go back a little bit further because um, I, I I suppose um, it's widely accepted that there's a fantastic tradition of hurling. In, in, in drum Bradford and um like the the, the um the, the the success of the football team and uh, in in recent years like has been a departure from what was the tradition in the club it all changed in 1992 with um with a, a junior b football championship county title but i suppose in those early days uh, Garrett, there were a couple of people that were central to it. dr Sheehan in particular particular as well as the now late, unfortunately, Liam Cummins. Yeah, um, I suppose Dr. Sheehy at the time had the, I suppose he had the, the ambition, the drive, and the foresight to be able to see that there was there was potential within the club, and he gathered gathered some great people around him. Um, Morris McCarthy, I suppose, included into that group, um, and they 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 put a team together. They started working with the group and um, it kind of, it, yeah, it all took off from there. It kind of spiraled from there, really. Um, but those were kind of the key men in, in the whole thing. They, they, they started it off. Um, they, they put in the organisation, they put in the work and, um, yeah, it kind of took off from there, Matt. Yeah. And then in the late 90s, of course, it, it really gathered momentum. There was a junior championship in 98, um, uh, an intermediate championship 12 months later and then two years after what after that in 2001 which you were part of the big one yeah um i suppose there was an exceptional group of players there um just happened to come together at the right time um but not alone were the players there i suppose the structures were there to help and support them as well um and they, they took the the i suppose they took it to a different level at the time um and they got the reward for it and I, I, I suppose the, 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 there are many standout performances. If you win seven county titles in such a short space of time in less than 15 years, there has to be many landmarks. But 2008 w w would have to stand out when you became the first club side from the county and the only club side from the county to date to win the Munster Championship. And not only that, but did it the hard way, beat Nemo Rangers, who are the specialists in, it, in the first round. Yeah, I suppose you got to remember, Matt, that the previous year we were beaten quite comprehensively by Bellylanders in the county final. Um, so the following year, I suppose there was um, there was a big focus, a big drive to try and to try and I suppose come back and um, give a better account of ourselves in the county championship. And that was kind of our our, our primary goal, you know, in two thousand eight, was to get back to a county final um, and to get back and 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 try and win that, you know. But I suppose we achieved that, thankfully. Um, and we went down from there and we happened to draw Nemo Rangers in the Munster semi-final. So, 
yeah, I remember in the in the lead up to the Nemo Rangers game, obviously we weren't looking beyond it or anything like that. But um, yeah, there was a serious belief within the squad at the time that we could actually um, we could actually go and do it. Yeah, and then Kilmurray in the from Clare, who who would be very very experienced in the Munster Championship in in, in the final. Like you ground out two excellent results, albeit low scoring results, but two albeit you know, but. And and then of course in, in the All Ireland semi final you you, fa- you faced the, the the informed team of the competition at that time which was Prasmatlin. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, we did it the hard way for sure. Um, there was um, after we had come across Kilmurray Bricken in the two thousand and three Munster Club Championship as well. I think, and we had probably a more high scoring game against them that day. They beat us by three or four points. I think in the finish. Um, but it was a much a much higher scoring game. But look, I suppose we tried to adapt the game plan that was going to suit us, that was going to give us the best chance of success. Um, albeit it wasn't too pretty to watch. But look, we're not too worried about that now, um, or we weren't back then either. Um, it was all about getting the result and getting over the line. Um, didn't work out too well for us against Cross McGlynn. Um, but look, that was the. But it was it was brilliant to get the opportunity to play against them. I suppose they were one of the one of the, the best club sides of, of all time and still are. Um, but it, it was great to get the opportunity to, to experience playing against those at that time. Yeah. Gareth, how much did um, relegation from senior ranks hurt? Um, was it 20, 2021? Sorry, 2020. Yeah, 2020, we lost the relegation final to Galtie Gales in Kilmallock. Um, yeah, that was that was very, very difficult. It was very difficult having been senior since 2000, hadn't played in numerous semi-finals and finals to, to, to actually go down and, and get relegated that day. That was that was very, very tough to take. Um, and I suppose it's it's only, and I was only thinking the other day, like it's, it's something... I, I wouldn't say you take for granted, but like you don't, you don't, I suppose, fully appreciate uh, what it takes to compete at the, at the highest level, um, be it inter-county or club, until it's actually taken away from you. Um, and and it, it is, it, it's, it's a long road back. It's a, it's, it's a tough road back. There's a lot of work required to get back to where you are. Um, I'm just looking at our own club situation at the moment and trying to get back to competing at, at, at senior championship level, the, a lot of work has to go in to try and get back up to that again, you know. Um, but I suppose if, when, it's, when you're there, you, you need to fully appreciate um, what it is and, and, and what it takes to get there. You came very close to it in 2022, Gareth, to getting back. Yeah, I suppose, and it's a regret that we didn't take our opportunity. Um, it was definitely a game that we could have, could have won, didn't win it. Um, it was a tough year, tough year for the club, having lost the football final and, and did the hurling final a couple of um, a couple of days later. So yeah, look, that's 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 been a tough one to take. But look, hopefully it can kind of it can kind of galvanise lads and um, stand to them for the, the year ahead. How how difficult is it? And uh, as somebody that, that that that's one of the leading dual players, how difficult is it to, to juggle between uh, commitments to hurling and football? We know how difficult it is at inter-county level, but it's equally difficult at, at, at club level. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head how many how many consecutive weekends we've had last year. Um, but look, I say the, the one thing I, I would say about it was it, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, like players want to be playing games. We games every weekend. Um, and it was really, really enjoyable. Albeit we didn't get the, the reward at the end. Um, but 
both management teams, Hurling and Football, have been brilliant. Um, they've worked very, very well together. Um, and they, they have kind of kept the, the player, player's welfare um, in mind at all times, you know. So, um, and like the lads that have been involved with us in both hurling and football at the club, they're, they're our own club lads. They know, they know, I suppose, what they can, what they can look for from lads um, and what to expect of lads, you know. So they, they've managed that situation very well and huge credit has to go to them for the way that they've organised um, the last number of weeks and months um, in, the, in the lead up to this championship. Um, but also last year, that the way that they managed the players, you know, and it was like, I suppose it's a testament to them as well that um, we had more or less 12 or 13 of the same players tugging out in both finals and albeit bar a couple of niggly injuries, everybody was, was available for, for every game. Yeah. Last question from me, Garrett, and it's on a totally different subject. Um, 2023 has been a very, very special and memorable year your school, Yeah, fantastic. Um, I suppose we're we're still enjoying the victory um, from from the the sixteenth of the sixteenth of March. Um, the lads were, were absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm delighted for them and delighted for the, the players, their families, um, their clubs for the work that they've put in. Um, but look, I, I suppose it, these things um, not to not to overstate it, but. Um, that particular group of players last year struggled massively in championships. I don't think they even, I don't think they won a game, Matt, to be honest. Um, but this year, then they turned it around and they worked really hard. There's a couple of great leaders within the squad, pulled it together, um, and they got their reward. I'll, I'll take me, yeah, I want to echo the congratulations to Klaus Natrokra and your school and the win. Just quickly before we finish up with you, Gareth, just back to Limerick again and Obviously, if they don't beat Clare or Cork, they're into the Talchon Cup. And while this group of players, you know, all they know is playing the senior championship, mightn't be the worst thing if, you know, after losing or getting relegated in the league, just to get a bit of momentum in the Talchon Cup could provide an opportunity for that. Yeah, Jack, I suppose, look, if you're talking about developing players and, and, and getting lads up to the required level, there's no better way to do it than playing games and playing competitive games. That's the one thing I found through, through, the, through my time involved is, like, you need to be playing matches, you need to be playing games. That's what players want. And I suppose in, the only way to do that is, is by getting competitive games. And that's, that's what the next couple of weeks um, will provide for the lads. Hopefully they can get over Cork or Clare in a Munster semi-final and get back to a Munster final. That's what we all want. Um, but look, after that, then like lads want to be playing games. You know, they want to be playing games in a regular, a regular um, interval. You know. Yeah, and and before we finish up, just a couple of quick fire questions. Yeah, this can be club or county. Your most, if someone asks you your most memorable game, what would you point them out to? Um, I'd say the two thousand and eight Munster Club semi final against Seymour Rangers. The semi final. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, your favourite venues playing? Uh, the Gaelic Grounds. Club and County? Uh, yeah, I played in Torless as well. Torless is, Torless is a nice pitch to play on. Um, but I suppose growing up, you always wanted to play in the Gaelic Grounds. Um, yeah, I, I like the Gaelic Grounds. Um, the best player you played against? And I suppose you have a unique, um, a, a unique record that you played in the forwards and in the back. So, first of all, was it more difficult playing against people in the backs? You probably, if you made a mistake, it was probably more easily recognised. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I suppose the, the most difficult player I ever played against, um, I remember in 2000, 
2007, yeah, 2007, I think it was, we played Mayo in, in Castlebar and um, I was playing half forward the same day. I was marking a lead called Padder Gardner. Um, I think Padder had three points kicked in the first half and that was the finish of me. I got called ashore at half time. So I'd say, yeah, he was probably the, the most difficult opponent I've ever come across. And in the backs, was there any particular forward then later on in your career that you thought, I'd want to be marking him again? Yeah, like look, I suppose, and even more so in training, does this like you come up against top class forwards? Um, like Danny Neville was always a man that was very, very difficult to tie down. Still, is, you know, he's he's electric. Um, so yeah, you led like him. That was very, very difficult to to mark. And the best player you played with throughout the course of your career? Probably give us one for club and one for county. Um, at club level, I would have to say Tom McLaughlin. Um, he was just unbelievably consistent. Um, he was always there, brilliant leader, um, fantastic attitude, just went about his business um, quietly, but very, very effective. Um, I don't. I think you could count on one hand the number of games he missed from, for the club um, in my time involved. Um, but yeah, he was, he was absolutely, he was exceptional. And for the county then? Um, for the county, I'd say would be um, Johnny McCarthy. Um, Johnny was, again, an, just an exceptional leader. He was so consistent. Um, he was, again, just went about his business quietly. Um, but like any time you went out against the team, Johnny was probably always the, the lad that was detailed to, to mark the top forward. And he just went about his business and, and always produced, um, produced uh, brilliant displays for Limerick. Lovely. Gareth, you've been very good with your time, very generous. We really appreciate that. And hopefully, Klaasna Troker continue to prosper in the school in both hurling and football. And maybe Drum will get over the line in the hurling and football this year after going so close. But thank you very much for joining us, Gareth. And I'm sure Matt echoes the same. And best of luck with 2023. Thank you very much, Gareth. And the best of luck. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Matt. Talk to you in a while. Thank you. Talk to you. Take care. Oh, Matt, that was Garrett Noonan, a former Limerick footballer, former drum, well, current drum footballer and hurler, as he said, came so close last year with the club. Uh, another brilliant uh, guest. Jack, you know, absolutely. But, you know, the, the, the service, he, he's such a modest man, like, but the, the service that he has given to both club and county in, in, uh, um, in football and to the club and hurling is, has been simply phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal, Jack. And, you know, seven county senior medals, you know, he, he's one of that rare breed, that that that, that great crew of, of drum players that, that get, came together. And they were a fantastic team. And and they, they, they raised the standard. They raised the benchmark. They, they set a new benchmark in, in Limerick Club football, you know. And, um, like, you know, they, 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 they left, um, you know, a huge reservoir of very happy memories after them. They... They, they were an excellent group of players, and, and Gareth was an integral part of it. Yeah, they left a lot of good memories for the locals. They left a lot of bad memories for everyone else outside the county. Um, myself well, yeah, Judas. everyone within the county that was trying to beat them, Jack. Yeah, they were a bit like Limerick are now in the hurling. You can anywhere in the hurling, you know, Dublin football. They were just that a movable object. If you drew drum, you knew your year was more than likely, likely up, and just. Um, I just came across a tweet from Jerome O'Connell. We all know who Jerome is. Um, when Garrett Noonan, I suppose, retired from inter-county football, didn't come out with a statement, wasn't flashy. It just said, Garrett Noonan, not a part of the 2022 on Limerick senior football panel, 
that Drum Broadfordman first joined the panel in 2006 and gave incredible service across the last 15 years. Not one for headlines, but filled many a role during some tough years for Limerick. And I think it kind of summed up Garrett. wasn't one for headlines. <laughs> Did the job that was required. Was there for the good days and the bad days. And I know he's given back um, with the academy, like those players you mentioned. So, you know, he he's uh, his impact on, on Limerick football uh, would be felt for, for a long time to come, please God. And it's good to have, have people like him, you know, rowing in behind Limerick. Because at a low ebb at the moment, Matt, I think it's fair to say, but... There's time now for Mark Fitz and the team to regroup, and we'll go straight into the the footballers. Yeah, but I, um, just on a very general point on that, on that, Jack, like we, we we should enjoy these people, and people should, you know, we should have enjoyed drum. I certainly enjoyed the whole drum odyssey while it while it was going on, rather than being sort of trying to enjoy it in retrospect. You know, and well, the same with the Limerick Colors. They're an exceptional team, and people should just sit back and great players, no matter who they play for. You know, yeah. rather no. than being, rather than indulging in begrudgery, like we should, we should just enjoy him, like rather than, than you know, try to flick back the pages in a number of years' time and say they were great and all this sort of thing. We should enjoy him while they're around, you know. Yeah, no, we should, but it's hard. It's hard when they're beating your team. But I, I do get your point. And seven championships, eighteen semi-finals in a row. I don't think we'll see dominance like that for in our lifetimes i don't think um uh but you do you do have to give praise to that special drum broffer team and garrett noonan who was an integral part of it but he was also an integral part of limerick football match and they concluded their league campaign with a comprehensive loss to claire now claire did kick on in the, at the very end he finished 218 to nine points in cusick park I, I think it's fair it's it's important to say it was a dead rubber there was both teams were relegated going into the game. There was nothing they could take from it. The only thing is it probably eats into Limerick's confidence a small bit. You know, another demoralising loss after, you know, positive results against Mead, decent performance against Kildare where, you know, they left a lot behind them, whereas there probably isn't much to take from the NS game. But look, they have the bones of six weeks or more. Sorry, they've probably about seven or eight weeks to prepare now for Cork or Clare. The only thing is, whoever they play in the Munster Championship semi-final, they will have lost to in the league. And I, I think that's just one negative to take from it. It is. And uh, it, it, it's, it's sort of not uh, losing, not just losing to them, but lost. They were, they were their two most comprehensive defeats. Um, yeah. uh, Cork and Clare decided that they're going to meet one or other of whom they're going to meet in, 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 the, um, in the Munster semi-final. But um, I, I, I just wonder, you know, and fear, like, what, what will be the ultimate impact of the whole experience in, in, in Division 2, um, which, which was, um, of course, pockmarked with those two very, very, very heavy defeats going, going forward. Um, Mark Fitzgerald obviously has a huge job of work to do, I think, in, in picking him up, because there were a few bright spots during the year, let's let's not let's not um, uh, let's not get away from that. And you've touched on them. The the draw against Mead, decent performance against Kildare, um, you know, a very very decent performance against Loud, you know, very very decent second half against Dublin. Um, but ultimately, you know, you you're after being relegated of of a seven game group with just a single point and. Um, I'd be worried about, uh, albeit it was a dead rubber and all that, um, 
But you, you know, I would have expected that Limerick would have would have done better, um, uh, especially seeing that there is a possibility. Um, unlikely though as it may seem, although Claire may think otherwise, um, that they that, that they may meet in the Munster semi final. Yeah, no, does, does they will play either Claire or Cork? It'll be it'll be no one else. It'll be it'll be no you know stranger for Limerick, but they they'll, they'll have to regroup now. Um, and they've, they've done it before. And I mentioned it to Garrett. There is that that game from four years ago against Tip, where you know Tip were flying at the time. Um, they reached an All Ireland semi final just a couple of years beforehand, and they win Munster the following year as well. I think which gets kind of lost in the kind of COVID years, but. Limerick produced performance out of nowhere against Tip four years ago, and they'll probably have to to replicate something like that. But we might have to touch on it later on the line, Matt. But right now, Talchin Cup, if if you were offered it as a Limerick footballer, I think you'd take that and be confident that you would be one of the favourites. Yeah, absolutely, Jack. And um, as you put it together, known and there, it, it 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 may not be the worst thing that would happen, Limerick. Um, because let's face it, Jack, let's face it, based on the results and based on the, the, the Division 2 campaign, the, the Tarleton Cup is staring Limerick in the face, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, like I, I think it's a, it'll be a glorious opportunity to regroup, you know, and, and exercise, if you like, um, the ghosts of the Division 2 campaign and a, a, a chance to regroup. And and um, build in anticipation of of the league in twenty twenty four. Yeah, I I I think it's a it's it could be a brilliant opportunity. Obviously, you want Limerick to to go against Clare or or Cork and you know give performance and hopefully reach a Munster final. But you know we saw last year that the golf was there with Kerry. We saw this year that there is a golf with those higher end teams in Division Two. So you know. It wouldn't be the worst. I don't think. I don't think it'd be the worst thing. But we won't be right enough. Mark Fitz and his team, as of yet, look. They've given us some brilliant days out over the last five or six years. So, um, let him go back, regroup, oh. get a, a hard training block in, and and hopefully they can they can gather themselves then for uh for the Munster Championship, which is yeah. in the in the it's in May. It's in May is when their fixtures down for I think um off the top of my head, but. Um, <laughs> But if, if, if what you know, what you want to get is consistency between games, you know, game on game, consistency within games, because yeah. we, have, we we have seen very poor spells and then we've seen outstanding spells in games. Yeah, you and know, I think to, that's just yeah. Garrett said it. You know, you just playing game on game will, will help to will help with consistency and that's what Limerick are hoping for just checking the fixture there it actually isn't that far away Matt it's the 22nd yeah. of April Cork and Clare are out the 9th the same day as the um, as the, the the league final so uh, we won't have to wait too long but they'll have a nice trainer block now and, and please God they can uh, they can regroup uh, and put on a performance like we know they can on the 22nd of yeah. April but another team that are, you know, turning their focus now to the championship is obviously the ladies footballers, Matt. They were beaten 316 to 111 by Antrim in the league semi-final. Antrim had shown in the group stages that they were a formidable team, junior champions, obviously, last year, and, and they've really kicked on and they were totally deserving of the of the victory. There's no denying that. But Limerick were just a bit slow off the mark, and Antrim had got too far ahead and 
there was a bit of a fight back in the second half, but a third goal killed off any Limerick hope, really. Yeah, I suppose that, that sums it up, really, Jack. Um, you know, first of all, physically, Antrim were a very, very big, strong side physically. And, like, they were going to win the physicality stakes all day. Now, there was a very, very difficult breeze, you know, and unfortunately, Limerick had to had to face it in the first half. Although, Limerick, Limerick got off to a brilliant start with two points in, inside the first two minutes from Leisha Brown from freeze and um, you sent yourself, you know, gee, this, 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 this looks good, you know, but suddenly Antrim and in particular all the printer, the full forward who ended up with one nine or one ten, she caused all sorts of problems. But Limerick had a serious issue, Jack, with getting possession from their own kick out um, uh, due to the wind, mainly the, 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 the strength of the wind. And like once Antrim got into the groove, maybe after about seven or eight minutes, it took them, I think, to get back level. But once they got into the groove, they literally came forward in waves. And like they, 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 they were, it, it was a very, very strong, physically very, very strong Antrim team. And Limerick found it very hard to cope with that their physicality as well. But credit Limerick in the third quarter. You know, they they, they went in at half time. I think, was it 13 points down? You know, and at one stage in the second half, they had reduced it to seven when Cathy Mee got the goal. And, uh, um, you know, but unfortunately at that stage, they had restricted Antrim uh, to a single point in the second half, in the first almost 20 minutes of the second half. But then Antrim drove on again. Orla Printer got a couple of points and they were back in the groove. And Mario O'Neill set up a goal for Grania McLaughlin, as you flagged there. And that was it, game, set and match. But um, uh for a Division 4 side, I would say, Jack, having been looking at Division 4 over the last number of years, um, Antrim are a very, very, very good side. You know, and I they're, think they're... In, in Orla Printer, they definitely have one of the best players in the country. She is a phenomenal talent. Uh, Jack, no, that's not an exaggeration in the slightest. You're absolutely correct yeah. there. Absolutely correct. You know, the fact that she might be playing her trade in Division 4 and in the Intermediate Championship, she's, well, she, that, 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 that girl would make, would get her place on any county team. She's, she's, oh. she's, she's an exceptional footballer. Absolutely 100%. exceptional footballer, you know. But, but look, they've got to regroup now and um, face into the Championship where they're drawn with Downs, Sligo and um, Kilkenny. You know, and just hope for the best. But, like, I, I don't know how the system can be changed, Jack, but um, three, we've played three intermediate teams this year in 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 the league. Three of our, our five matches were against intermediate teams. Wicklow, Leitrim, and now Antrim. You know, like, you're sort of playing teams above your grade and... Um, I'm not putting that forward as an excuse for Limerick, but um, despite the fact that they lost, and um, like I, I, I have no doubt if circumstances were different and um, that, that, that the wind didn't play such a part in the Jack that we would have had a much closer game. But we did fear here last week, and um, we, we had the utmost respect for Antrim and what they were likely to bring to the table. Um, but um, Graham Shine will just have to go away like the Limerick senior footballers. Regroup and and um, 
And um, like there'll be novel games against Sligo and Down because I don't remember us playing him for a number of years. So that 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 will be very interesting in 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 itself and um, a good championship run. Now I you know I wouldn't um, I, I'm not led nor I'm not inclined in the least uh, to write off Limerick's championship ch- chances at this remove because of the defeat to Antrim. As I, as I said. The whole league campaign and the whole league, league performance has to be qualified when 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 you factor in that they played three intermediate teams. Yeah, 100%. But that, that should put them in good stead going into the junior championship where alongside Fermanagh, you're probably expecting them to be favourites. But like the, the men's footballers, uh, Graham Shine and his side can now just look ahead to, to the championship and uh, get a good training block in and see where they go from there. And I suppose over the last few weeks, Matt, you know, the, the ladies footballers have been flying and their female counterparts in the Camogie have struggled, you know, greatly in, in, the, in Division 2. But finally got that win at the weekend, Matt, against Offaly. First win since 2021 in the league, you know. And last year, Offaly relegated them. The restructuring meant that Offaly came down with them in, into 1B or Division 2, whatever you want to call it. But Limerick halted that slide. I think is, is the main thing. They, they won by three points against Affley in McNeville Park. You were there. It, it was kind of a win. It's just a momentum swinging win is what it was. It was. And of course, I was extremely happy with the win and I was extremely, extremely pleased with, 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 with what I saw and the performance. And before we go any further, Jack, John Lillis was missing and his wife, Neve, who is part of, 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 um, the backroom team was of course also missing because Neve had suffered the loss of her father on the on the day before. So we send our deepest sympathy to John and Neve Lillis and 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 and, and the Lillis family. Um, but certainly in his absence, he, his his girls did 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 him did him did him proud actually. And um, like you know, looking at the game, you you would struggle, Jack, to um, to to. You know, to accept that Limerick hadn't won a league game since um, since 2021, this this was um this was a very very good performance, Jack, and uh, it it was a performance where Offaly really put it up to him, and um, but Limerick refused to die, and um, like Limerick carved up um um you know they had some very 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 good and promising performance overall. It was a very promising team performance, Jack, and um. Uh, Sophia Callahan um, was moved up to centre forward. Um, like she was centre back last year. Um, she was centre back for a day. She's just coming back from injury, and she was in the forwards. And she 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 created um, both goals. Uh, one for Quiver Lines, who I thought was absolutely outstanding, and uh, the other for Claire Keating, who ended up with one nine. But the story of Claire Keating. Jack is is simply phenomenal. This is the girl that was minding the Limerick goal last year, and now she has transitioned after the return of Laura O'Neill. She only came back because um, Laura O'Neill was injured, but what an impact she has made! And she ended up last Saturday with one nine, which was which was a fantastic fantastic return. Quiva Costello, after injury, getting back up up to her best. You, Martin Kramer, Marion Quaid leading from from the back. Very, very impressed with the performances of Teresa Dore and 
he'll be looking at centre back. Jack um, has has a future in that position, I believe, from what I saw. Um, there were, it, it was a it was a day, and and of course it was very tense there. For the reason, like just to give a background to the listeners, um, coming into the game, and um, it was it was win or burst for Limerick. A draw was no good because Offaly had picked up a draw previously in the campaign with Antrim. So, um, and of course, there, there, there was the little matter that, that Offaly sent us down last year. And um, Moray Tihan, who got three goals, uh, um, the Monigal girl, former Tipperary player, who, who um, scored three goals in sending us down last year, you know, I think she got 10 points on Saturday. She, uh, she, was, she was the free taker. But look, Limerick withstood it all, Jack, and 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 um, dug, dug out a hugely important win. And it, it is terribly important that that Limerick would be playing in Division One, Jack, because we we we've flagged it in this cast a couple of times. You know, failure to preserve Division One status means you're dropping out of the top twelve. You know, yeah. which is serious in my view. Oh yeah, it's it's a huge result for for Limerick Camogie, and it completely changes their outlook heading into the championship because you're going from, you know, two potentially two successful relegations to, you know, avenging the result from last year. And when you briefly looking at that championship drama, you know, Antrim, Offaly and Waterford, obviously you Offaly again, who you've beaten, you know, you, you gave Antrim enough of it, you know, in, in their game. And, and Waterford are the standout team, I think it's, it's fair to say. But, you know, you don't have Kilkenny, you don't have Galway, you don't have Cork. On a Tipperary, you know they're they're winnable games, you know, and it could really change the, the season for Limerick Camogie. Yeah, we're certainly in the mix, Jack, of getting out of our group for a second year in a row and getting into a quarter final of the senior championship. Yeah, like that. That's just, like, that, that's what it has done, you know. It changes the, I suppose, the mindset in in training that you can look forward now, and you can, you know, when you're training with confidence. It can make such a difference, and. That'll be the hope for, for John on his side. And please God, please God, John can get back to the field. And I echo your, your sympathies extended to the families there. But when he gets back on the field, you know, you can start looking positively. Um, when I look at the fixtures there, you have Antrim first. Um, you know, and if you get off to a good start against Antrim, you Waterford next, it's kind of a free hit. And then you've awfully in your certainly you're in a you're a really good position, Matt, as you said, to get out into the quarterfinals for the second year running. And I suppose two or three weeks ago. You would never ha- have thought something like that was possible, but that's the way things go, and, and how quickly momentum can can shift, you know. So it's it's looking Jack, it's looking up for Kamogi. But it, 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 put, put, put the whole thing into context. It's it's been an excellent week uh, weekend for Limerick Kamogi. Mm. We have we had the senior team getting a first win and ensuring Division One status. With the junior team getting a first win. And they're going, they're going to be considerably strengthened shortly by the inclusion of four or five of the minors when the minor championship is over. We had, we had the minors get, getting a very good win in Gibstown up in Navan against Meath. And they, they, they now have two wins and a draw out of three games and are poised for the knockout stage of the championship. They, they play Antrim in Abbottstown this, this uh, Sunday at 2 o'clock where, where they... I, th- I think there's semi-finals in it, actually, Jack. Four or six go through. I'm not sure. I'm subject maybe to correction on that. But um, 
one way or another, you know, they're, they're, they're into the business, into the competition almost, and they certainly will be in it if they beat Antrim at the weekend. Didn't put Antrim out after coming off of two very good wins. And to cap it all, Jack, the under-16As quali- qualified for the Munster final. They went to Anacarty eh, and beat Tipperary 13 points to 1-9 and will now play Cork in the Munster final on on, on the, the, the Easter, Easter Monday. So it, it's, it's a complete transformation of the Camogie landscape in, over the last couple of weeks. Oh, com- complete transformation, but a, a good one at that. And you know, it was long overdue that that, you know, bright spell for, for Limerick Camogie came. But it's here and, and long way continue as we approach the, the championship months. You can kind of see the sun is is coming in here. The weather is changing. We have brighter evenings. So it's it's looking well for, for Limerick Camogie. Another team, it's certainly looking well for Matt, is the Limerick Senior Hurlers, who are flying it. I mean, we were both in the Gaelic Grounds on Saturday evening. And first of all, it was a joy to see, you know, tip to an extent. I wouldn't be a massive tip fan, I won't lie. To see them, you know, go at Limerick and, and try their hand and give as good as they got for 35 minutes. But talking in a from from our view up, up in the stand, I don't think there was much fear, Matt, for the second. I think that's fair to say. And within 10 minutes, we knew exactly why. Because when this Limer team gets going, there is nobody that can live with them. You know, Jack, at this stage, we're nearly we're nearly out of adjectives. Um, um, but we'll stick, with the tri- we'll stick with the tried and trusted awesome. I yeah. thought that the, the second half was uh, uh, just simply awesome, Jack. Some of the, the creation of some of the scores, Jack. <laughs> they were they were they were simply magnificent. And you're right. The Tipperary were a joy to watch in the first half, but they they yeah. got loads of space, and and they were able to build from the back. and And fair play to Barry Hogan. Um, he has taken a leaf out of out of um, Nicky Quaid's book with a very very good puck out. Um, but it's still a bit to go because. Considering the, if you remember one particular incident that I'll single out, Nicky pucks the ball out to his right. Tom Morrissey catches it and over the bar, You're straight into Tom's hand. You know, so, straight like, in Tom's hand on the move. He didn't even break straight. He just, it was. He's like a, he's like a quarterback. Is Nicky Quaid? He puts it into where you're going to be. You know, he doesn't put it where you are. It's where you're going to be and. You know, fair play to Tom for, for catching a ball in the run and firing it over. But the sweetest skills that these Limerick players have. Like Keen Lynch's score, I don't know if he's first or second, but six players involved, the length of the field doesn't touch the ball, yeah. doesn't touch the ground once. I mean, yeah. the one where Colin Coughlin gets it, gives gives another pass and is onto it and then after Keen. Just, I don't know, Matt. <laughs> I don't know what you say about him anymore. <laughs> It's it's just, just unbelievable stuff, Jack. But a joy to watch, and that's the point I'm making. Um, Limerick supporters will enjoy it, but you know, hurling fans everywhere should enjoy this kind of thing. You know, yeah. um, this 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 type of stuff for this kind of a team only comes once in a generation, like so. Um, you know, um, but look, well, I'm just stuck for words, Jack, for the second half now. Um. Full credit to Tipperary in the first half, but you're right there when you say like that. At no stage was there worried that Limerick were going to lose, even though when right. they were five, six points behind, because you 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 could see um, very clearly the things that weren't going right for Tipperary uh, for Limerick, 
And um, you, you, you'd feel very confident that once John Kiley and Paul Kinnert got the lads in at halftime, that that would all be rectified. And, and by God, sure, it was the space that Tipperary was got, were getting were, was um, suddenly closed down in the 25 minutes after halftime. And it mirrors in many ways the Munster final of 2021 when, exactly. you know, when Limerick made that dramatic comeback, um, you know, from a greater deficit that day. But, um, you know, they outscored Tipperary 112 to four points in the 25 minutes after halftime, Jack. And um, you, 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 you'd have to say on the home straight in the last 10 minutes that Limerick probably stepped off the pedal a small bit. Yeah, it's probably the only semblance of a, of a downside to, to Limerick in the Championship this year that they've they've came off the pedal against Cork, against Clare, um, and against uh, Galway, Belon Saltail, and now Tipperary. That if, if there is something you can catch Limerick on, you know, maybe at the very start and the very end of the game. But what they do in the middle is is incredible. And what I find with Limerick is they kind of seem annoyed when you take a game to them, like they did in 2021. They were like, mm-hmm. Grant, you're after upsetting us now. We're just going to, to turn it on. And just the players they can call upon. And Matt, the, there was, was there five or six All-Stars? There was five All-Stars on the bench. I think Darren Donovan then, who yeah. was a late withdrawal, makes it six. I mean, six All-Stars were, 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 were not, were not, didn't start. Let's, let's put it that way. But, um, you, you're worrying there about the slow finish. I, I wouldn't be terrible worried about that now a while, Jack, because to me that's money in the bank. Because that 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 is something that is something that Limerick are going to rectify. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it, it will. And they, they have they have a league final to look forward to now against Kilkenny um, on the 9th of April, Easter Sunday in Parky Cueve at two o'clock. Um, stadium fitting for a, a game like Limerick Kilkenny and. Probably needs more for Kilkenny, but we'll we'll get into that game next week. We'll do an in-depth preview because obviously they've a rest week. I, I see an awful lot of the, the narrative um, um, the, in the last since since it was announced about Parky Keith, people giving out that it was in Parky Keith and it was in Tull- should be in Tullus, and some even suggesting that it that 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 it's in Croke Park. Jack, we should get on with it, you know. Yeah. Um, I think the main uh, thing was maybe parking uh, in the park is difficult, but yeah, that, that's the that's the issue. But but uh, you know, Parker Cave, you know, is the finest stadium in the country outside of Croke Park. It's it's right up there with Croke Park. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, and look, it's it's well, Easter Sunday. I, I know, it, I know that I know there's a parking issue, and I and I and I get all that. Like, but um, you know, I I prefer all day to be going to our second city rather than our first city. Yeah, I think except for the All Ireland final, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about trips. the I'm talking about the logistics of getting there now. When I say that, you know. Yeah, we have. We'll we'll please have. We'll have a few trips to the capital later on in the year. But before we go away from the hurling, because we will look at it in depth next week. You had from from the team that started um, on Saturday evening. Now, Matt, like who comes back into that team for what? Not not Kilkenny now for Watford. On the twenty third of April, like so, you had your team that started. Then you had Kyle Garrod, Dara, um, Shane Flanagan, Dan Morrissey, and Rich English on the bench. And obviously, there was more. Conor Boylan came on as well, did well. Um, Colin Neal started these boys. Like, who has to come back in the team, and for who? You know, because it's very difficult. Don't ask me. Don't ask me for who. 
that's that, that that that's above my pay grade now, Jack. Um, yeah. I I I I think Kyle Hayes has to come back into the team. Um, Garod Hegarty. Dara, like in fairness, Dara O'Donovan has been having a fine season, Jack. Brilliant. Yeah, quite going about his business. Um, has been absolutely, totally consistent, you know. Jack, I'll answer you by saying we leave it to John Kiley. Yeah, we'll, we'll trust in John Kiley. I think it'll be the team that started against Cork in 2021 with a straight battle between Mike Casey and Dan Morrissey for that full-back slot. Obviously, Mike was injured at the time, you know, so that would mean Peter and Keane coming into the team that started last year, but... The, John Kiley now has will have the luxury of at least four Munster Championship games where he can see what the likes of Colin O'Neill, Colin Cockton are at. Even you could give Conor Boylan a start. Rich English maybe gets a start. Barry Murphy has done really well in the league yeah. in midfield. Adam English and Shane O'Brien, depending on which way the Munster 20 Championship falls, could have their say. I mean, they're both going to be able to play the league final because they're out tonight. Um, and obviously there's a more... It's, it's seven days. You can't play 20s and senior within the seven-day period. Is the new rule. It's better. It's not perfect, but it's definitely better. So, Limerick, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't envy John Kiley and Paul Kinnark and Cunningham and Don Grady and these boys for having to pick the team, but it's better picking a Limerick team than, a, than another team. But if you're happy to move on from the seniors, Matt, the Limerick 20s, you know, pretty much... Started the day perfectly for Limerick, one eighteen to one fourteen in the Friar Field against Waterford, and I think that result flattered Waterford a bit. Matt, they got a late goal from Patrick Fitzgerald, and again it was kind of a third quarter push from Limerick, really kind of pulled them away from Waterford, but didn't really seem to get out of third or fourth gear with the players we know they have and what we've seen before. They didn't really light it up, but you know got the job done, and I think Dermot Mullins will be pleased at what he saw. Yeah, it's the first round of the championship. It's it's a tough away game in in Fraher Field and um, he, he, like the minors, Jack, and we'll be talking about the minors in a few minutes. Uh, it, it was all about getting the job done, and um, like they, they they got it done rather comfortably, I would say. Um, in the Patrick Fitzgerald got the goal with practically the last puck of the game. So like going down the home straight and going into the concluding stages, there were seven points up. But we will be able to make a much better judgment of, of, of Limerick and where they're at um, when we see them this evening against Clare and the Gaelic Browns, because Clare have already drawn with Tipperary. So to, 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 give, to give us an absolute idea, and I suppose, we, 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 you know, in, in the context of the whole championship, we, we'll get an idea also of where Cork are at when, when they when they're playing Waterford this evening. So, yeah. um, you know, um, at least we, all teams will have shown their hand to a certain degree at this stage. So, um, but look, what Limerick, can, what Limerick have to concentrate is what is immediately in front of them. And what immediately is in front of them is this evening when, when, they play, uh, when they play play on the Gaelic grounds. And a second win, Jack, is going to put them in a very, very strong position. There's no question about it. They would, but Clare looked to have a, have a strong team. They have Patrick Crotty, Adam Hogan, Keith Smith, Oren Cahill, John Kennelly, and Oshin O'Donnell have all played senior in the league for, for Brian mm. Lohan this year. That's to go with Niall O'Farrell and David Kennedy that we saw with Arts Colerich that are really good, good forwards. You know, So Limerick will, 
We'll be up against it. Um, Dieran Mullins has named his side. There's just one change to team. Joseph Fitzgerald comes in for Barry Duff in midfield. Obviously, Joe was part of the, the Mullins team, the one all Ireland. But, you know, it was there was a good spread of scorers, Matt, in Watford for Limerick because we know how good certain players are. John. Shane O'Brien out of English got a point each. They've now the seniors. Paddy Dunham got a point from play. But, you know, Con Hayes got one, two, probably a lesser known figure from Newcastle. Adam Fitzgerald got a pair of points um, from full forward. Finton, Finton Fitzgerald, who was in his first year out of minor, got a point as well. So um, the scores coming from everywhere, like the senior, they're just yeah. like a more youthful version of the seniors, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and that was born out watching the game last night. Um, uh, the, the, the minors, you know, are, are very much trying to emulate the seniors as well in their approach to the game. So... Um, like they, they were involved in a massive game last night, massive game against a very very good Clare team, and like you had the subplot of the the the, the whole Art School Reach contingent on the Clare side and the the Art School Reach contingent on the Limerick side, so it all added up and like Jack, um, it was as good a minor game as I've seen last night, and um, it's great testimony to Evan Loftus and 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 his men that. That, 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 that they came out of it because it was a real, real monster championship game, a real, real test for Limerick and um, gives you a real sense of what they're about and where they're at. And you'd have to say at this remove, Jack, that, that um, Limerick Miners are in a good place. Oh, definitely in a good place. And they're they're a fine team to watch, Matt. Obviously, last mm-hmm. week's game was, was ruined with the weather blowing water. That was just a war of attrition. They got the job done. But last night, as you said, you could see exactly what Evan Loftus' side game plan was. It was nice, quick, snappy ball into the forwards. When it all possible, yeah. Sean Duff and Robert Raffard with the goals. Darren Colopy was a Macleador freeze. Hugh Flanagan got five alone the first class. Very, very reminiscent of, of Tom Morris, I find, just kind of shoot on side player. Um, very accurate. But... Yeah. They're in, they're in a really good place now, Matt. Going into they've a they have a nice long break now. I think three weeks before. Tip, yeah, before they go to Tullus to play Tipperary, and um, Tipperary have already lost to Clare, and um, in the interim, Clare will have, Tipperary will have played Cork in in Parky Cueve, and that that will, you know, you must remember Clare uh, Tipperary Island champions. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and like last definitely night was. Last night was a potential um, banana skin, though, because there was there was good few of those lads that we've seen again with with Arts Kilreish. You know, we mentioned them. Um, Michael Collins was brilliant for Arts Kilreish this year, and Mark O'Brien full forward. Now he got a lot of points, but mostly from freeze. But they kept Michael Collins relatively quiet, and as you said, they had beaten the All Ireland champions in the first round. So it does go to show where Limerick are. But I think for the twenties and minors, Cork are probably the team to watch out for, and we haven't seen them yet. Um, we will see him tonight, obviously. And last we saw night, him but... in the minor. We saw him in the minor yeah. last night. We didn't see him, but we saw what they were up to in the minor last night. You know. Yeah, and we'll see and him they, they, so comprehensively beat Waterford, but I, I wouldn't compare Waterford's performance against Cork with Waterford's performance against Limerick. First of all, Waterford were away at Parky Cueve. Secondly, against Limerick, they were at home in the Fraherfield. The conditions were such that night, Jack, that it was a great leveler. A great leveler. Um, it, it 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 was an evening that was cock shot for um for a for an upset, you know. Uh, Waterford could have stole the game, you know. Yeah. They, 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 
they literally could, you know, um, even even though Limerick had shot 13 wides to their four, you know, which is is probably a better barometer of the disparity between the sides rather than the final scoreline of one six to six points. So yeah, no, it, it was it was. I, I wouldn't be running to judge. I wouldn't be running to judgment on that, but. You know, I suppose what's definitely decided after last night is that Limerick are in a very, very strong position to reach at least the semi-final, and and that Waterford really have a an uphill struggle to stay in the competition. Yeah, and moving back to the moving back to the twenties, Matt, do you think Limerick will go two from two and and, and join them and cap off a pretty perfect week for Limerick hurling and Camogie? I do, Jack. I I, I, yeah. I do, but but Claire, Claire are always tough customers. And I wouldn't underestimate yeah. him for a minute for the simple reason that um, some of them have been filtered in maybe only for little cameo appearances with Brian Lowen's team. I suppose the two main ones would be Adam Hogan and Patrick Trotty. After that, the other only got, you know, but it, it'll tell you that they're in the thoughts of the senior management in Clare, which means that they're good players. Yeah, but Darren Mullins And then, a, then, then, you'll, then you'll have the little matter of David Kennedy and, and um, Nilo Farrell and and uh, facing their former out-school teammates in in um, in Keen Scully and Shane O'Brien, so you know and Devin O'Leary as well in the corner would Devin, probably uh, pick Devin up, O'Leary and, you know probably pick up so, one of them. So he'll know exactly what they're yeah. about. But I I agree with you, Matt. I think I think Limerick will complete um, a pretty perfect weekend for for Harlan Camogie in the county. That game was on at seven o'clock this evening in the in the two scale grounds. When I say this evening, I mean Wednesday, March 29th. So if you're listening to this. On Thursday, just go away and check the score because the game, the game will have been played at, at, at that stage. Um, to finish off, Matt, just a, a couple of uh, small notices. The Limerick GA annual, and I know you wanted to touch on this. Um, yeah, this, this, this is um, this is the work of of your fellow club man, yeah, um, Paul Anglam, who, who produced 12 months ago, who produced an excellent history of Ballysteen, an excellent production. This is yeah. equally as good a production. This this is an absolutely fantastic produ- production, Jack. Um, for Limerick supporters, it's a treasure trove because it goes it goes through the, you know, the three in a row. There's the bit from every club. Um, there, there, there are the roll of honours. Um, there is our skull Reach's breakthrough. You name it, Jack. It is inside in between these covers. Um, for all 400 pages, 420 pages. A fantastic. First of all, congratulations to Paul Englund mm. on a, an absolutely fantastic job. It, 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 it was so painstaking, the, the detail that he has gone into. Um, and uh, it's punctuated with some fantastic photography. Um, and um, and some nostalgia, some nostalgic photo, photographs, etc. And it it, it it deals with a whole myriad. I, I I don't think there's a thing that's in in, in the GA that's not covered inside those four between those two covers. And for twenty quid, there's there's an all bookshops and shops in uh, all around the county. It's extremely good value, Jack. There there's your sales pitch now. Um... Well done, well done to Paul first and foremost, and I definitely it's I haven't got my hands in yet now, but I'm sure I'll I'll read it cover to cover. You can't read enough about Limerick, Jay. Um, at the moment, 
while you're in a selling mood, Matt, do you want to sell a few lawnmowers for us? Um, our Ballystein win a lawnmower raffle is still ongoing. I'll just throw the poster there for the time being, just to be a bit greedy with it. Um, it's worth over 3,000 Husqvarna Automore 415X. And there's also other prizes there. If you want to scan those codes, they'll work. Or you can go get them off any club member. You can message me if, if you want. Or you can get them um, on the Ballystein J website. If you go onto our Twitter and Facebook, there's all the links there. Just a personal plug. It'll the draw will be held um, later this month. Also, on Saturday evening, we have our uh, social in Davy Mans and Racky to celebrate the boys winning the twenty the twenty ones championship. And you might see a special horse from Ballystine there, Matt from Cheltenham. I, I don't know will Davy bring the real whacker to the pub, but please God. Um, but another uh, moving on from all that, get, make sure to get your annual. It's an all good bookshops and it's i presume it's in the share of shops around the county as well matt it is, it is ab, 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 absolutely it, it, it really is simply fantastic um um fantastic uh, i haven't read it all jack i have yeah. i have read a, i have read a lot of it but it's an absolute it's, it's one of those ones that you you know you dig into and you just don't want to get out of you know <laughs> that, it, that's it, well, it, you start with the 400 pages you might um Flick through all of them, and before we finish, another good news, I suppose, for Limerick J. We got a message in from a man, Pat O'Flaherty, from Ballygrand, yeah. who was living in Cavan. He's the manager of the Cavan Under Twenties, and they won their first ever league title last week. So the reach of of Limerick Hurling has stretched up to the north, and Cavan won a first league title, and it's brilliant to see Limerick men all over the county and. The, the input they have and to spread the games far and wide and yeah. Kevin are far from a strong hurling stronghold but they won a league title and a, a Limerick man to the front of it Pat O'Flaherty from Ballet Grand Yeah well you know certainly Kevin isn't the bastion of hurling by any manner or means but it's absolutely fantastic like to 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 see Limerick men and women wherever they go um, you know um, get, first of all getting involved like, like Pat Peter Flaherty has got involved in Cavan and then, then to become manager of the under take on the um, being management manager of the Cavan under twenty hurling team and to win a first ever league. It's congratulations to Pat. Well done. Um, you know it's 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 fantastic to to see um, people bringing uh, the message of Limerick hurling um, to the northern part of our country or to parts of our country. Um, where hurling is certainly, you know, struggling to get off the ground. And yeah. um, Cavan would be one of the weaker counties, and I suppose they wouldn't mind me saying that in hurling. And no, um, it, 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 it's great that Pat is sowing the seeds of, of hurling in his adapted county. And I, we say to Pat, well done. Yeah, well well done to Pat. Um, I think it's fair to say. I don't think there there's anything else, Matt, for us to cover this week as such it's a quiet weekend um we've no we've no senior action as far as i'm aware the leagues have come to an end for everyone bar the senior hurlers who have that league final on the ninth mm -hmm. next week we'll we'll be looking at that you're cutting in there yeah, i was just going to say that the, the, the league started um last weekend and they they, they didn't get off to a great start the the, the the football league but um weather played hell with with with, with fixtures last weekend and uh, it it, 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 it it played hell with um uh fail appell, fail appell Nanog as as well now 
Um, congratulations, by the way, to Margaret St. Paul's, who, who won the A section of it, which went ahead, but only parts of the B and C sections went ahead. So um, those games will have to be rescheduled and, and over the coming weeks. But there, there was a whole raft of football fixtures that were down for the weekend and they, 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 they had to be cancelled for weather reasons. But they're, 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 there's a very, very ambitious programme of hurling league fixtures on this weekend and we would certainly hope that all of them will go ahead. Yeah, I know it was disrupted locally. Anyways, both weeks, just the weather playing havoc. Um, we played it there in football on Friday night, and you wouldn't put your you wouldn't put your dog out in it. But the game with head fair play to there, the, the pitch in there is is immaculate. It, it took it really well, but I think it was it this conditions were very slippy. So the leagues got underway across the county, and they were weather disrupted. But we'll see see more and more club action now with the the national leagues coming to an end. Um, it was a a decent weekend for Limerick overall. I know the ladies footballers lost and the, the senior men's footballers lost, but the Camogie survived and the senior hurlers got the league final. So we look forward to that next week. Obviously, tonight we have the 20s in action. Tonight being Wednesday, as I said previously, and we wish Jeremy Mullins and his side all the best as they look to make it two from two in the defence of their title. Um, a shout-out to Garen Noonan, who gave us a lot of time at the start of the podcast, obviously has... Seen it all in the Limerick football landscape, both at club and inter-county level. So do check that out if you missed the start of the podcast. To know as menswear as sponsor the podcast, a huge thank you to them um, for helping us do what we do here. And as always, to, to Matt Callan, the main man with the podcast, bringing all the information. And to you at home watching, whether you're watching or listening, make sure to like and subscribe on Facebook and YouTube and, and follow us on Twitter and do all those good things as we try to keep you in the know for Limerick GA, but for me, Jack Neville, and Matt Callan. That's over and out for episode 226 of the Tree Talk podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Especially the game, we get all with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Kilkenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the war court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact that it's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time?